So special edition of uh, Book Club today. Well, yeah. it depends where you're sitting really, Jonathan. Yes, well, sitting here, I am setting off for the airport in two hours to go on a lads weekend to Ibiza, so this is going to be a recorded rather than live episode of Book Club, uh, hence the casual wear, the cool hat, and I don't know if you can see, but the rather trendy new white trainers for my Ibiza cool look. In the meantime, there is the serious business of uh, chapters th uh, three, no, chapters four, four five, five, and six, six of Way of the yeah. Wolf, which uh, we started reading. You had a good week, Mike? Yeah, decent, actually. Yeah? Decent. Got a good uh, final fourth into for a chapter today. Pretty good, I would say. Yeah, pretty happy with it. Yeah, uh, obviously, in my week, it's brilliant because I'm going on holiday. Clearly, um, you've been on the desk all week. Yeah, I've absolutely been it. Um, it's great. Uh, and uh, I, obviously, it's brilliant because I'm going away with the lads, which makes it an even better holiday. Well, you missed Mrs. Graham? Um, terribly. She might watch it. So. Terribly. <laughs> um, but yeah, these sort of trips are good for the soul, so I'm looking forward to it. So, last week we talked about chapters 1, 2, and 3, and we were very positive last week, weren't we? Uh, fairly, yeah, I would give it a good solid sort of 6, 7 out of 10, maybe. The, there was a lot we liked, though, you know, the methodology and so on. I have to say, I've done a lot of work late into the night last night. I've handed over to you my stuff over the next couple of days yeah. or anything I needed to hand it over. I always like to wait and make sure I've cleared my inbox before I go on holiday. And then I've sat and read chapters 4, 5, and 6 of this last night. Very soporific, 4, 5, and 6. Slept well. Slept really well. I, I, and, and you know I'm a bad sleeper. Uh, this, uh, I'm, th these are disappointing chapters. Shall we start with chapter 4 on tonality and body language? We can. I mean, let's be clear. There's some decent stuff in this. There's no two ways about it. He is right when he says about tone of voice. You know, he's definitely right about that. Um, and he talks about body language, which I'm surprised he kept banging on about, given how much time he sells on the telephone. But, you know, nonetheless. But I look at, I don't know if you can see this on the camera, I look at how much stuff I've underlined in this book, in this chapter, sorry, it isn't much. There's not much where I thought, all right, yeah, I'll write that down. I thought, that's good, I'll write that down. I, 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 thought, I thought chapter four was distinctly average. He could have summed it up in about a page that said, modulate your voice, try and put a little can on your enthusiasm, use it at the right time, and think about your tone, tone of voice. But then I thought to myself, how I wonder how uh, easy that is to apply with the Stratonites, because the Stratonites will be like any other set of individuals. We, we have a tone of voice that is created by our physiology. Obviously, mine's quite nasally because I've had my nose broken so many times, I can hardly breathe through it. Right. But so the point is, is actually, can I really, I can modulate my voice, can I really change my tone of voice that much, really? Well, no, because you're, not, and I mean this nicely, you're not a particularly musical human being, so you don't have a particularly So what, should the, clients own, should the clients only so, employ for singers? Correct. Now, I, I did make a note here on tone of voice, which was, I, I put here, can you remember Mike Kenny? Mike Kenny, okay, radio presenter. So we placed this fellow once who was a radio, a, a retired radio presenter. He had a voice. It was like, "Hello, I'm Top Mike. guy." Yeah. But actually, he'd been enormously successful as a sales professional, and I think a lot of that was his tone of voice. It is. I don't. I don't disagree with you. But where I do disagree with this book is, is what we're all supposed to do: change our voice to sound like Mike Kenny. The sales textbook is supposed to be something that we can take and then apply to ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think what he's possibly referring to here is, and, and actually, I'll tell you, we, we, we parted company with an employee a few months ago. Yes, I think we did. Who, 
you said thinking with, yeah. so he didn't sound sharp as a tack. I've got a client who says that, you'll know who you are, who is absolutely dynamite or razor, one of the best I've ever met. So he didn't sound sharp as a tack, this lad. Right? And he talks about being sounding sharp as yes, a tack. Yes, yes. He also, although he was a bit monotone and a bit northern and a bit Yorkshire, and he was okay on one particular vertical market sector. Yes. But when we unleashed him on a more London based, more educated, well, let's be clear, more middle class, more middle class, higher net worth market, that tone of voice killed him because it killed his first four seconds. So I do think your man has a point. The man's got a point, Johnny, but how is people how is people supposed to change the tone of voice? How's that a sales textbook? How does that help you? Well that's like saying a two up price, you need to go to six foot six and I'll put you, and I'll put you in the basketball team. <laughs> well yeah, that'd be great, but that's just it's not gonna happen, is it? No. That was my problem with it. The problem is if you've got a strong regional accent, you've got a strong regional accent. That's just you are what you are. You're a bit tone deaf, and you've not got that ability to modulate your tonality of your voice because it's not anything you've ever done before. Then you you screw. I think we can modulate our voices actually, but I don't think we can change the tone. I think you modulate your voice well now. When I first worked with you, sorry, sorry about this. We have a fight on screen. (laughs) But I do. I think you do modulate your voice. You've always got energy in your voice, you're always positive. It's because I like doing what I'm doing. You have, because you really enjoy, so you're very congruent. The certainty, he talks a lot about certainty, the certainty in your, in your tone of voice when you work with your clients and therefore people trust and respect what you've got to yes, say. Yes, thank you, but I just don't think that what that chapter was saying, he was able to do that with this retinite. I thought that was just nonsense for I remember these are a load of daft kids from New York as well. Okay, so I, I, I did say... Then he talks a little bit about the, the dual linchpins of immensely powerful communication known as unconscious communication. Tonality and language play major roles. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And, and I did make a note here. We don't talk. I don't think salespeople talk enough about that stuff. I don't. But that book, in our world, conscious and unconscious decision. That that's five books this thick. It's a lot of training. Yeah, he's trying to boil it down to yeah, conscious, unconscious. Think that's about what you got to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, but, but but then the great revelation comes later on in the book. Oh, you happen to be an NLP master practitioner, do you? Yeah, which is well, what? Fucking uh, no oh, surprise. I think it's the well. I know what exactly how many days of training a master practitioner. Well, it's, it's nuts. And, and, and I mean, I know I put a spoiler out, out there for about chapter five or six, whatever chapter it is. The minute I read that, I thought, "Oh right, you're an NLP master practitioner." So all this stuff you're boiling down, you've actually spent a lifelong labour learning. And I know, having studied NLP. I did my practitioner certificate twice because actually, at the time when I did my practitioner certificate, I found that I didn't integrate the learning first time round. Anyway, so I skipped forward a little bit there. Okay. Um, I like this line here where he talks about the 10 core influencing tonalities. Um, and he's talking about them and, he, and he's saying, oh, you haven't got time to learn the 10 core influencing tonalities? Cut the crap. It's time for you to get out of your way and start living the life you deserve. You're capable of becoming proficient at anything you put your mind to. All you need is an easy to learn step by step strategy to show you the way. Which is exactly what the straight line system is. I get his point actually. I do think a lot of people a lot of people, lazy, yeah, a lot of people don't get out of their own way. Yes, yes, I did agree with that. And, and think, do you know what? So how many people do we meet where it's like, well, I really want to earn two hundred K next year? Great, okay. Well, what have you done to improve yourself to earn it? Yeah, yeah I agree how skillful are you? Have you really got the skills to pay those bills? Yeah, you've doubled your skill base. Yeah, are you that much better? What are you doing to work on your game? And actually, a lot of the people we meet don't do it. And he's saying, cut the crap, get out of your own way. And I, I thought, actually, respect that. 
And then he starts talking about state, and it did bring back a funny memory of when I first started work at Parcel Force, and I worked for a lady called Christine Tai, who used to play. I hope you're watching Christine. I hope you are watching Christine, because you did teach me a lot, even though I was probably an absolute pain in the ass to manage, like a grumpy teenager. Um, but she used to say, smile when you dial. 100% right, yeah. A lot of those old adages stand true. Yeah, smile when you dial. Yeah, and she'd be, and sometimes she'd be tempted. She'd say to you, "Go look yourself in the mirror and smile when you dial. Smile, smile when you pick up the phone." Uh, and actually, how different, and it, and it used to work. And I remember we had that lad. I'm afraid I'm bashing the poor kid that worked for us. He slouched in his chair. He slouched and looked unhappy. Slouched in his chair, looked a bit grumpy and hung over and whatever, and then wondered why some guy who earns half a million pounds in the city selling to violence didn't want to talk to him. I agree. So, you know, whilst I'm, I'm a bit negative about these last few chapters I read, I actually think that, that he has a point here about certainty, tonality, sitting like you mean it, standing like you mean it. What chapter are you on here? Are you on number five, state I'm management? Still, I'm still on. No, I'm sort of... He, he, he merges into state management in four. I was going to say, because I, I think state management is a chapter five thing. So yeah, sort of... and then the other bit he talks about in chapter four is on tonality. I do think it was important. You know sometimes when we used to train people to get past gatekeepers? Yes. And we used to work on tonality. I think he's right. I just think in the book here, he's boiling a lot of it down to a very small amount. Although maybe if actually you do boil it down to a small amount and you get people thinking about it, maybe that in and of itself is useful and people will think, hmm, I'll change my tonality. So it's little things like... Um, if I ring up a gatekeeper and I say, Mike Price, please, rather than Mike Price, please. Yeah, I get the training lesson. Right, have, you, have you learned it now? Yes, you thank your, you. You've got your head round it. Yeah, Good man. Okay, anything else on this chapter, Pricey? No, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Um, as we said, we've already talked about power of unconscious mind in this chapter. Great. For those people who are interested in it, do some NLP training. I wouldn't Yeah, I mean, the book, the book I'd really, really, really like to review is NLP, The Unfair Advantage. Do you want to The Unfair Advantage? I think it's an absolute blind. I can tell you now, my review's going to be a 10-star review straight after that. I think The Unfair Advantage is great, but what's interesting is it never sold that much. It's not been a massive seller. It's really, really, really hard for the punters to get hold of. Yeah, I know it's £20 it, and you have to wait five weeks and all that. It's £20, of it. I don't think it's in print. Um, but anyway, we'll start yeah. off. So, state management... Um, I, I sort of like this chapter a little bit more. I mean, he, this is not what Jordan has said, but paraphrasing Jordan, he sort of said, fake it till you make it. That's what I wrote. Did you write that? I wrote, fake it till I you make it. I wrote, fake it till you make it. And I thought, fair enough, Jordan. Because I, I thought, if you believe you belong, you belong. And I yeah. thought to myself, yeah, all right. People want, do want to do business with people who they feel are of a similar standing. And I, and I did agree with him uh, yeah. like that. And I like the fact, actually, that he was talking about teaching the Stratonites future pacing. Um, I thought, do you know, I, I hope that's right, and I hope that's what happened. Because I do think that very often um, what happens with salespeople, sometimes the salespeople that I meet, I find that their wealth thermometer is a little bit too low, and therefore they live to that wealth, wealth thermometer. Thermostats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's sort of the same kind of thing. Whereas I think there are certain sectors, security software sector, 100% is the case, I think, where it, it sort of it, it, it sort of buys its own propaganda, really. And its own propaganda makes it its own market. Well, I think sometimes it, 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 if you act like a guy that earns half... What he said is, you act like a guy that earns half a million pounds... You've got a much better chance of doing it. Yeah. And, and there, is, uh, there is something in that. 
I thought it was right, and it, and it did teach me about something that I'd forgotten, actually, uh, which, which is about that. I also thought about state management, that I've had a standing desk a bit less than you, maybe six months less than you, probably four years, five years, something like that. Oh, how long have we been using standing desks? Long time. I mean, I, you know, mine's up now at the minute. Uh, I always stand up for the, for the whole morning. And I think to myself, the standing desk is a good example of state management. Yeah. And I reckon, had, you, had they had them, Jordan, in the late 80s, you know, I, I, I bet they would have had a room full of it. And I suspect that the people in that room were, stood, were stand up all the time. Absolutely. They said they were on the film. Well, I mean, one, the standing desk is good for you. And two, yes. it's brilliant for a salesperson because it changes state. Gives you a natural state. I'm going to use it at home when I'm at home. So I did like that. And then I thought to myself, the chapters just start again. Really boring. Well, what it gets boring about is he then starts to create a very, very truncated version of NLP anchoring. And I like the fact that he creates an anchor. I'll tell you my immediate thoughts. As somebody who's an NLP practitioner and who has studied it, and then he gets into chapter six, where he talks about a surefire formula for managing the state, and then he talks about sniffing this stuff up his nose, boom, boom, yeah. every time he's done a big deal. I rate that. I've got to tell you, I haven't done that for a while, and I like that, and it has jogged my memory a little bit, really, to go back to some of my NLP jobs, particularly on anchoring and state management. And it's, it's got me thinking about anchoring and state management, but I'll tell you what I don't like. don't like the way he's explained it. I think that he has forgotten one of the core tenets of NLP itself, which is he might be olfactory. He's a man that is stimulated by smell. Well, it's interesting. When he said he was an NLP practitioner, I look back through the book, I think he's, he's very visual when you read the book and how it's written. Well, yes, but his anchor, his anchor is... His anchor is all olfactory, yeah, I get that. Great. But actually, yours might be visual, Mike. Yeah, and the yeah. next guy's might be auditory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's saying, yeah, go out and buy some products. I actually went on the Boom Boom uh, website uh, at 2 o'clock this morning, looking at the product that he sticks up his nose every time he wins a deal. Right. And, um, listen, uh, for, the, for the audience at home, I don't want people to think that this is a shit idea. It's not a shit idea. It's, it's a good a, idea. A right absolutely idea. bloody brilliant idea is anchoring. And to be able to trigger off a state at will, it can be done. It takes a bit of work. Can I suggest that if you want to be able to trigger off states like that at will, you look on the uh, Inalpta website or the UKCP website, find a real ma a master practitioner and pay them to work through an anchoring process with you. Because a couple of hundred quid, you'll be able to walk into any room in the world and fire off a really powerful state and it does work. But what he's saying here is, in my way to the highway, he's truncated it a little bit. There's a bit more to it and more's the point. I think he's forgotten that not everybody is olfactory. Yeah, I agree with that. It's interesting, he used to play golf with a guy who's a plus-figure golfer, and he swore blind to me that he had a putting mat that he used to use at home, that he used to put, that he used to practice putting on, uh, and that he used to listen to Jurassic 5 with his, through his headphones. What, before he played golf? No, whilst he was doing, whilst he was putting on his putting mat at home. And then he said to me, you know, he, he learned the words so much that every time he walked onto a green, it used, this song used to go through his head. I mean, I could sing it. Could he you put? Was he good? Phenomenal. <laughs> Properly. And he used to sing the song in his head every time he, as he walked into the green. It was, I mean, he, you know, he never made it as a pro golfer. I was surprised because he's a big plus figure golfer. You, you know, you'd think he would have, but he didn't. But I mean, he was a mega putter. I mean, properly dynamite putter. And I tried it. I was an appalling putter. <laughs> but I've got to tell you, when I was at my, playing my very, very best, 
over eight feet, I used to knock him in pretty much every time. Right. And I could have put it down to that. A guy called Saiku, if you listen to I doubt it, but who knows, he might be an IT salesman now. Right, fascinating that. Okay, so the thing that I do like about this whole concept of state management, and that I'm interested in about it, oh, I've just lost the camera there, is it's stuff that a lot of the people we work with don't talk about. Yes, stuff that a lot of the people that we deal with don't talk about. And actually, it's the stuff of real professionalism for me. It is. Well, look at Louis Oosterhuizen when he won uh, the he won the Open in, I don't know, 2010, something like that. I don't know if you ever noticed, but he had this band on his hand. And he was tapping it like that all the way around. Right. And they said that he created an anchor with his, with his jacket. To keep him calm. Keep him calm, and obviously, you know. Uh, Absolutely, and I, I think it's the stuff of real professionalism. And in our world, I find that a lot of the people we work with that earn a lot of money and are very successful tend to look down their noses at this kind of sales professionalism. I don't know, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, actually. I think that the very best people often uh, keep their secrets to themselves, actually. Do you think? Yeah. And do you think there's a lot of top performers out there that we don't know who are hiding their light under a bushel are actually Not so much that firing bad, boom boom up their noses every time they do a deal? Possibly, but I think the very best people I've always met, irrespective of sector or the rest of it, are actually quite modest. They're quite, they're quite difficult to read. And there's and a reason that they are, so maybe they're doing this. And yeah. also, how many of the people that we deal with who are top, top, top guys are actually unconsciously competent at creating a state and don't even realise they do it when they pitch up at a client site. Possibly, possibly. I mean, is their state created by the fact that they turn up in a really expensive car, got a really expensive watch and wear a really expensive suit? Yeah, is that the you anchor? You know, is that state management? Is that an anchor? Is that the it's, anchor? Got, it's got to be part of it, hasn't it? You, well, you know, you know I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in smart casual dress and I'm happy working in smart cash. I know you wear your suit because you need to be battle ready. Yeah, well, that's part of it, actually, but part of it is I think that if I'm going to charge a client, you know, cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like turning to a doctor, isn't it? And the doctor in there in his shorts. You think, hang on a minute. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Where's your white coat? You, you know, if I interview a candidate, I wear a suit. If I meet a client, yeah. I wear a suit. But, but, but getting back to the book, you know, how applicable is this? This book isn't applicable enough, but the idea in the chapter is superb and people should look into it in more detail. Like yes, I've not, I'm not sat here now thinking, wow, I've got loads out of those three chapters. No, I'm I'm, I've got higher hopes for the next few. What are the next few then all about? Advanced tonality, so presumably he's going to stretch out chapter four a little bit. Yeah. Try and fill his book up. Advanced body language. Yeah. Presumably the same. Oh, this is one. I've got. To, I've got. I look forward to reading this. Chapter nine. Whoop, whoop. The art of prospecting. Right. I'm in. Because guess what? Cold call is dead. Is that so, what? Who said that? Pretty much everybody that doesn't like doing it. Funny. I got a new client on board the other day from cold call. Well, we'll see, won't we? Let's read the book and see. Yeah. Okay, so slightly shorter one this week. Not because we're in a hurry, but because this wasn't much to talk about. Next week, chapters 7, 8 and 9, is it? Yeah, correct. Is Jordan coming on the show? I haven't approached him yet. Too busy this week trying to get ready for a deep fit. Oh, good. Great. Right. Have a nice week, Pricey. Have a good couple of days without me. Will do. It'll be great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.